An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horblake. And today it is Power Hour. We are power ranking something every Wednesday. We're going to power rank all the stars that are keeping us up at night. Stars that keep us stargazing, if you will. But first, I'm going to shout out Craig. Because Esquire power ranked their best podcast of 2022. And we did not make it. But Craig's (laughs) podcast that he does with Matt Bellany, The Town, was number one. Yeah, go check it out. Numero uno, the first one, number one. Congratulations, Craig, on being a traitor to us. Top dog. I'd like to thank, in my acceptance speech, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, (laughs) and Bob Iger, who have, without them, none of this would be possible. So you're just like Will Will Ferrell and Talladega. You're like, help me, Tom Cruise. (laughs) Yes, quite literally. Yeah, no, it's literally number one. That's really cool. Congrats. That is very cool. We're going to power rank... It's, this is not as we should, could just power a podcast that Craig is on. Yeah, number one is the town. Number two is rewatchables. <laughs> three. Number three is the times that he uh, fills in for the Bill Simmons podcast. Hottest take is four. <laughs> Maybe we round up the top five. I don't know. Uh, but we're we're going to power rank the players that are like your starters, like your stars that you just don't know what to do with. They keep you up at night. You're worried. Don't know what to do with these freaking guys. They're starters by by name brand, right. but perhaps not in value right now. Yeah, if you kind of like covered up the name and you just looked at the numbers, you'd be like, oh, oh, probably should bench this person. Yeah. But you can't. It's kind of actually like the problem the Packers have with Aaron Rodgers, if you will. <laughs> ah. But we won't get into that. <laughs> He's going to play, apparently, which is wildly disappointing. <laughs> well, that's kind of I the mean, theme. So we're going to just jump people. right into it. So DK Craig sent me a list. I made my own list of just like, you know, a handful of players who are just immensely frustrating and or you don't know what to do with. I rank them. So if you don't like the order, just yell at me. I'm sure DK and Craig will yell at me as the show goes on. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm just going to start one, two, and three. I'm lumping them all together because you two both sent me like the entire Bucks roster. <laughs> like you, Craig, Tom Brady, and basically everyone except Chris Godwin of the Bucks. So start we love the time. Chris Godwin, we can give this like, to be clear. No, yeah. yeah. Chris Godwin's fine. We can give this four minutes for all we want because Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady, and Mike Evans so we could just start with Tom Brady, who Craig has been like you were whatever the opposite of amuses for the entire season. So did you know that Tom Brady has one 20-point fantasy performance this year? That's less than Matt Ryan, Andy Dalton, and Carson Wentz. <laughs> wow. That's... It's, it's the same as Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Zach Wilson. Brady's just kind of in that category in terms of ceiling, weekly ceiling. The man is just 180 yards and a touchdown every week. And I'm at the point now, obviously, listen, if you're in a two quarterback league, not much you can do. Uh, You're going to have to start Tom Brady. If you're in a one quarterback league, though, 
And let's say you had to pick up a backup option when Brady was on by. Maybe you added a Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Daniel I did, Jones. Craig, I did this. I I have Brady in a one quarterback league, and I finally just like lowered myself to Jimmy G. I went to Jimmy G, and I'm like sticking with it. So we have two weeks left of the fantasy regular season for most people in their leagues, and then the playoffs begin. Brady's next four weeks. He plays the Saints next week, which he's probably plays worse against than any other team in the league. Then they go and play the Niners. Then they're playing the Bengals. And then they finish out easy, I guess, Cardinals, Panthers. But my question is, is if you are a guy with with Derek Carr or Geno Smith or Daniel Jones or Jimmy G on your bench and you have Brady, are you kind of just playing the matchup game at this point? Is it like starting a defense where you just start the quarterback against the easier defense? Is that where we're at with Brady? Yes. Not only is it yes, (laughs) I think think that that's actually the easy way out. Like Geno... Daniel Jones, Derek Carr. I like, I mean, if you, if you, those guys are around, that's easy. I think the harder question is like, you know, even Trevor Lawrence against the Lions this week, easy. It's like, okay, if those guys are gone, would you still stream? Like, would you stream Jared Goff? <laughs> Who also yeah. has more 20 point games than, than yeah. Tom Brady this year? Man, <laughs> it's kind of where we're at. But I think uh, Brady's tough. And the other one, honestly, Leonard Fournette is also yeah. feels impossible. Very. Because he has this hit pointer injury. I'm not going to lie. It almost is easier if he's just out and you could just like, you know, yes. if you have Rashad White and play someone else. It's 100% if, easier. Yeah. If Leonard Fournette plays, we'll see. So we're recording this Tuesday. We'll see what the deal is. Maybe he practices in full on Wednesday. It's not a big deal. But he didn't like when you get ruled out kind of like as quickly as he was, like he was doubtful coming out of Friday. Like it didn't seem like there was ever really a chance he was going to play. If he is like limited Wednesday and Thursday, what do you do with him? He hasn't been great when he's been fully healthy. Now he's got like a... Also, I don't even know what a hit pointer is, to be clear. I don't either. Yeah, this it really muddies the water of like what to expect and, and what kind of rotation to expect. So basically, going back to before he was hurt, it was almost turning into a 50-50 split. The last four games, I looked at the numbers. Fournette has a 54% snap rate. Rashad White, 43. Carries are exactly equal, 40 each. Uh, Fournette had the slight... Uh, advantage in terms of like targets and catches, more routes, um, and in points, Fortnite averaged 10.3 PPR and White 7.1. So this is before the injury. Now he's hurt. He's probably, like Heifetz said, probably going to be limited or maybe not even practicing and just like saving him for the game. It sounds like, based on what I've read, that his injury can't really get worse if he plays. So they are I, probably going to throw him out there. Again, I love that. that I love that assessment. They said that about Jameis Winston's back when they're like, well, he has four <laughs> fractures in his back. Right. But it can't get worse. As we have all learned, everything can get worse. That's, that's the, the whole, that's our the whole motto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm worried. Worse. Like, honestly, like, and I'm, I'm guessing a couple of people that are listening right now, I know I have both Fournette and White on a couple different teams. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this guy? It's a conundrum. I think I'd almost rather prefer White going forward just because he's younger and has more health. But then again, Craig is in the back of my mind just going, no, they're going to trust the veteran. Brady's going to trust the old guy. I don't Teams know. are like, stubborn, man. Teams yeah. do that. Teams, no matter, we always want the young electric guy who has more juice to come in and take over, but it, they they always go back to Especially the in crunch time, it feels like. And in yeah. the passing game. I know Rashad White guy, he had nine catches last week, but. Uh, Fournette is pr- uh, pretty much a zero on the ground game. I mean, uh, up until the last few weeks, the Bucks were dead last in rushing yards per game in the league. But Fournette is just used a lot in the passing game, and I still think that's super valuable. I still think you probably have to start Fournette. And yeah, and he gets the goal line, the the majority of the goal line looks, most of the third down, long down distance. Um, so I yes, I think at the end of the day, I lean Fournette, but yeah, it's just really tough. It's 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 a it's a mystery here, and it doesn't really help that Rashad White like hasn't really blown us away either in terms of like his efficiency or explosiveness. So it, yeah, this is just to me this is one of the toughest situations going into the the final push here. So you don't have to play Brady. You probably should play Fournette. You yeah. don't have to, but you probably should. And then Mike yeah. Evans is just even more like Fournette, where it's like you have to play Mike Evans. You just yeah. hope that he plays better. You, you do. Evans, do you guys want me to break it down though? On Mike Do we Evans? want to spend time on Mike Evans? Yeah. Sure. Another two minutes on the clock? If you don't agree with the statement I just made that you have to play Mike Evans, then yes, I would like to hear what well, you have to say. Well, at the end of the day, I ultimately agree. You probably don't have a better option than playing Mike Evans. But Heifetz, you were surprised that I put Mike Evans on this list. And here's the I reason was. why. Like the last three games, 
Godwin has been just a rocket ship going up. Like he's looking more healthy. He's looking more dynamic. They're using him more. He's getting more points, more targets, everything. And Evans has slowly tapered off. In the last three games, Godwin's averaging almost 20 points per game in PPR. Evans, eight. I will say in those games, particularly last week, Evans, actually, no, it, really in the last three weeks, Evans has been overthrown on like three 50-yard walking yes, touchdowns. True, true. And he's had a couple long balls, like he barely has one foot out of bounds. So it's been close. He, he yes. had nine targets last week, six the week before that, 11 the week before that. You got to start Mike Evans. I he just think. hasn't scored a touchdown. He's just like, if you actually, so if you look at, there's like expected fantasy points, basically based on how much they were targeted and where people were. It's with context. Mike Evans is most underperformed what he should have of any player in the last six weeks. Like he's basically 30 points fewer than he should have. But to Craig, that's because he keeps being like five feet off on like all these deep balls. So the only thing worse than getting like 17 points from Mike Evans over the last like three or four weeks would be benching him and then I'm having 35. (laughs) Yeah. Still annoying. And and the players that worry Saints this week against Marshawn Lattimore. But yeah. Uh, Well, speaking of. Yeah. So the Bucs are playing. That's true. The Bucs are playing the Saints this week. That's concerning because Mike Evans could have 200 yards. He could also just, you know, get ejected. Speaking of the Saints, though, the other guy that is freaking me out this is Alvin Kamara. Alvin mm. Kamara was like the worst pick in fantasy for like just the month of September. He was great in October. He's been awful since then. Like November, he's been unplayable. In his entire career, Kamara was like, he just scores a ton of touchdown touchdowns. This year, Alvin Kamara has more fumbles than touchdowns. Wow. Is that right? Like he, he, yes, he's four fumbles. He's three touchdowns. He also, he fumbled, he fumbled, he fumbled the ball at the one yard line. This he fumbled the ball on the first drive and their last drive. And he basically lost, like, I don't know if he, it's fair to say he lost them the game. Like they were shut out and like, they would not have been shut out if Kamara didn't fumble. And I, I mean, he had seven carries for 13 yards last week. I know they played the Niners. That's the but thing. The con- yeah. But keep, I, keep going backwards. He had 42 yards week before that, 26 before that, 30 before that. On the ground. I mean, the guy hasn't had more than 11 points since week eight. And I don't like that, again, they're getting shut out and they're not getting Kamara the ball, but they just, I don't know, Taysom Hill is also lurking in these packages. And it's like the fact that they can't or even aren't even really trying to get Kamara the ball. And he also has like an injury he's dealing with this week. And it's like, again, like Mike Evans, you have to play Alvin Kamara. The difference being Mike Evans is still catching balls from Tom Brady and looks good when you watch him. And you watch the Saints and you're like, man, Kamara, like this offense can't, this, the Saints offense is like impotent. Do you have to play Alvin Kamara? They're playing the Bucs this week in Tampa. That's the thing, man. It kind of, and then he also on by the him. week after that. I feel like you do have to play him. If you have like Miles Sanders, you're playing Miles Sanders over Alvin Kamara. I yeah, yes, definitely. Much better offense, much better offensive line, I suppose. Yeah, yes, it's fallen that far. Damn. I mean, I yeah. think I would play David Montgomery over freaking Miles uh, over Alvin Kamara. Play running backs on good teams. That. that is always going to ring true. Like, are you playing Tony Pollard over Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Kamara. Uh, Speaking of which, same problem, but honestly, even more frustrating. DeAndre Swift for the Lions. Yeah, this one is really tough. So, DeAndre Swift, so he played in week one, he hurt his ankle. Since then, since he hurt his ankle, DeAndre Swift is just J.D. McKissick with better branding and a better name. (laughs) It's the same person. That sounds aggressive. I and know, yet, it's good, it's good. DeAndre Swift has exactly five carries per game since he hurt his ankle. He just fi- he gets five carries a game. He catches a few balls. If you look at like J.D. McKissick for like a seven-game stretch last, not even like the good when he was good, like three years ago. J.D. McKissick last season for a seven-game stretch in DeAndre Swift's games this year, it's the same person. It's like five carries, few a few catches, 20, like, like 40 total yards. That's it. I think he should have been second on this list after Brady. He might have even needed to be number one. He is really keeping people up at night. I don't know what you do if you have DeAndre Swift and you're heading into the playoffs. You're playing the Jags this week. All these like sexy tantalizing matchups, but the dude gets like seven touches a game. Are you starting, are you starting Rashad White over, over Swift this week? Yeah. The only reason I didn't put DeAndre Swift number one was because I was worried you guys would say it was too easy. It's like you bench him because he's unplayable. Like I was looking, I just want, so he gets, he gets about eight touches a game since week one. And I looked, you know, the other people are getting more touches per game than DeAndre Swift. Cam Akers, who tried to quit football. Eno Benjamin, who was cut from the Cardinals. 
And then A.J. Dillon, who we decided was unplayable and put him in the burn book a month ago. Those guys are getting the ball more than DeAndre Swift. Wow. He has such great name brand value. DeAndre Swift not only is one of the cooler names in the league, but the way he plays is so, like, appealing and sexy that it's hard to sit him when you can envision like some highlight reel S sports center, top 10, like 40 yard yeah. touchdown. Although that doesn't happen because he never gets the football. <laughs> Tough to be on just All right. Look at us respecting Tom Tom. Incredible. I know. All right. Next up here, DK, you had Debo Samuel for the Niners. Yeah. Ooh, I, wow. So I know I was my reaction to Craig. Okay. DK's coming in with like Here, here's my reasoning. It's not that I want, it's not that I think you actually should sit him. This is me being worried about this player relative to like their name power, their star power. You know what I mean? So, like, this isn't me saying you should sit Debo Samuel. This is me worrying he's not going to do enough to like get me through the playoffs. And you know what I mean? So, basically, I just hate the idea of relying on Shanahan offense in the playoffs. In the last four games, since the 49ers traded for CMC, so this, actually, and Debo missed one of the games. So these are the four games in which they've all played together. And, and, and this timeline also overlaps with Debo having a hamstring injury. Right. And he's still going through this, by the way. Yes. He's still suffering. Like he's, he was, he, I think he left the game for a little while last week. There's still some like uncertainty whether he's going to play. To me, this is like worst case scenario because Debo Samuel, same deal, sexy name. He went absolutely nuclear last year. So it's like he's still riding on that. But this year he hasn't been nearly as good. In the last four games with everybody on the field together, you know, the, the superstar collection that the 49ers have, he's averaged four catches for 41 yards plus two and a half rushes for 16 yards. He scored one touchdown in that stretch. That sounds like DeAndre Swift. It's like borderline, very borderline usage. He's so good sometimes that he can like make up for that usage, that that lack of like elite usage. But still, like this to me is very worrisome. Ayuk has been much more consistent. Kittle's still around. Yeah, but now Eli Mitchell's out for six to eight weeks. Christian McCaffrey's banged up. Yeah. He'll get more. And this is this is the I danger. Like you, this is why we're talking ourselves into him. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm worried. I'm just worried. If you have Debo, you're playing him. I will say though, if you have Debo, you both love Debo and won't get rid of him. And also, there has only been two games this season where if you have Debo, you're like, I'm so glad I took him in the second round. He's so True. worth it. He's, Literally he's, only two. Yeah, he pretty much is just like 12 points a game, which isn't. It's not enough to get you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. If you cover up just everything, he's basic. His numbers are like Najee Harris. Yeah. And to be clear, I, I, I didn't take this exercise as like I'm benching this guy. It's these are the players I'm worried about as we go into the stretch run here. And I just don't I don't know. Like, it just doesn't get me excited. Um, and I'm one. worried that the injury is going to make everything worse. I, I didn't expect this, but you've kind of convinced me now looking. No, at I think it's fair his performance. The reality is Debo has not been uh, what people wanted. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. All right, next one here. Craig, you have Mike Williams for the Chargers. Who is your guy? This is strictly injury-related. Yeah. What kind of practice reports do we need to see out of Mike Williams before you feel good <laughs> about starting him? Genuinely, real question. My serious answer is I with the give the boring caveat that like it depends on your options, blah, 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 blah. I kind of can't imagine in like a 10 or even a 12 team league, unless you're really injured, I can't imagine playing Mike Williams without having seen him in a game before. I'd rather 
him, Mike Williams, go off for 25 points on my bench than play him. Because, yeah. like, what we just saw is not an ankle sprain, which is fine. He came back from a high ankle sprain too soon. Quickly. Yep. And immediately re hurt the high ankle sprain. And again, high ankle sprains are like career altering injuries. It's like, Michael Thomas had a high ankle sprain. It was not, it's like, we have never seen him again. Like, Odell's. Odell's career took it a completely different turn after high ankle sprain. Like this is like a changing it. The fact that he came back too soon and got hurt again, I kind of don't know how you could play him unless you're basically like, well, it's him or like Josh Reynolds. Yeah, God, this is like you. Honestly, you're. It's at the point where I'm almost just going for some rando off the waiver wire over Mike Williams. That's like, like what I've just said. I mean, I I actually am having this issue in a league right now, and I'm like, God, I don't even know what to do with this guy. I think I need like back to back to back full participants in practice to think about it. Yeah. Because I'm the, the I mean, not a, Mike Williams is already a boomer bus guy when he's on the field. And the risk of, of him going down like he did in his first game back two weeks ago and then immediately leaving after one target, it's just too yeah. risky at this point in the season. Like if you have a Jacoby Myers or something or Juju sitting on the bench, you know what? Maybe yeah. they're not going to get you 20, but like they'll get you eight and. That eight points can go a long way when you're when you're fighting to make a playoff spot. So I, I think I agree with you, Heifetz. I think you kind of got to wait and let him play a game and see if he suffers any setbacks. And if he doesn't, kind of like we did with Keenan Allen. Like Keenan Allen yes. played half, kind of like in and out of a game. Yeah. You know, they, they took it easy with him. He did not suffer any setbacks. And now he's back. I think you have to do that with Mike Williams, which is crazy. Yeah, if you have any option of any like any confidence that you should take them over Mike Williams. And the worst thing that happens is he's, he goes off on your bench and he's back in your lineup. All right. Uh, I'm going to go out over here. I had eight, nine. I'm going to switch this up since this is very similar to Mike Williams. I, the next guy I had, I had Gabe Davis for the bills mm. who I think yeah. has actually replaced Mike Williams as the most boomer bust person in fantasy. And Mike, let's see if I can get this trajectory right. I feel like Mike Williams replaced Vincent Jackson, who replaced Deshaun Jackson as like the people who could get you <laughs> 35 points or two every week. And, like, I think Gabe Davis is the most Deshaun Jackson-esque player. They have nothing in common as a player. I think Gabe Davis is, like, 30, 40 pounds heavier than Deshaun Jackson. But, like, here's the problem with Gabe Dave. This is not even football analysis. He's playing on Thursday two weeks in a row. And the problem is when he gets you, like, four or five points and you have to stare at that for, like, five days, <laughs> you feel so stupid. Doing it. Yeah. Idiot, you feel idiot. so dumb. <laughs> yeah, stupid, stupid. It's like at least when it's on Sunday, you just, you know, you just ignore it, you know, compartmentalize. It's one of many mistakes that you made. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you wake up Monday morning. I don't even remember who won or lost. Five days of that. Conversely, the only thing worse is Gabe Dave having, like, 30 points on Thursday Night Football. And he's on your bench. Yes. And you have to stare at that. That's even worse. And so he's playing the Patriots this week. This is a crucial week. This is such an important, like, like winning in for so many people. And yet I feel like net, you probably do have to, no, you don't have to, it depends on your options. But Gabe Davis is like the hardest person to leave on your bench because he is like the league tilt. He's like the weak tilting player. But it's also just terrifying when he gets you the four points and you feel dumb. Well, you yeah, know what's annoying about yeah. boom-bust players in general? They're already hard to start because you have no idea when they're going to go off. But even when they do go off, there's still a chance that it's on a week when you're already winning and it's kind of wasted calories. So it's like the odds <laughs> that you get Gabe Davis on a day where he actually goes off and it's the same day you happen to start him and that happens to be the same week where you actually needed those points to win. It's like, what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> I'm just looking at his uh, game log right now. He has the his his pattern for scoring big points is big points two games off two games on two games off two games on and now he's at, he has one game off so does that mean we sit him this week and then the next week we start him who knows i don't know this is yeah this i feel i i, I lean high fits even after saying all this that i'm definitely starting him just because i guess it depends too on like t like the type of team you have if you if you are a underdog in a lineup i probably start him just because he has that ceiling potential has you know a single mean? game inflated a, a kind of a random player's value more <laughs> than that that Chiefs Bills game? Well, nobody did for also Gabe did it in the Steelers game. Three catches, one seventy one, the two touchdowns. Like but that's kind points. of it. I mean, that's he's had two good games in his last. That's why he said he's like games. he's like Deshaun <laughs> Jackson. That's what Deshaun Jackson used to do. He's just like five inches and forty pounds heavier than Deshaun Jackson. He was all projection, Gabe Dave. I mean, even if you go in and look at his stats from twenty twenty one, like he wasn't doing that much he was like a, well i think a it's the bills guy. offense also is just not as good it's the bills offense it's his role 
It's his overall talent level. It all combines to make him very boomer bust, I think. Yeah. So uh, good luck, everyone. Also, we just so disrespected Tom Tom. We were doing so well. I'm sorry. Forgot about Tom uh, Tom. Next up here, DK, you had DJ Moore for the Panthers. Oh, I feel like you were going to get mad at me for saying this one, but I got to. Why would because... I get mad at you for being mad at DJ Moore? It's like my whole thing. Well, here's the deal. DJ Moore with Sam Darnold is actually good. Is the, is the argument yeah. a lot of people are going to like convince themselves of. In 13 <laughs> games with Sam Darnold in, at quarterback over the last few years, I looked at this, 14.1 PPR points per game, 29% target rate. He averages nine targets, five catches, 68 yards per game. In, in total, it's 13 games. He has 67 catches, 891 yards, four touchdowns. Sam Darnold feeds DJ Moore. Here's that the problem, was a lot though. of numbers, but the ones I looked at was like that. And basically it was, he's literally 50% better with Sam Darnold than he was all the other Panthers quarterbacks. Yeah. Last TK, are you 30% say, target rate. Are you going to say you're worried that they're going to bench Sam Darnold? <laughs> no, here's the, here, the catch is that Sam Darnold fucking sucks and the, and the Panthers <laughs> suck. And so it's like, you, you're just, but I feel like they it's have like you're the just entire at, time that he's been doing all those numbers. They've been bad the entirety <laughs> of the process. So why, yeah. what matters? So it's who like, you, you just, uh, here's the deal. I'm afraid this is, this next game is going to be the one where he really fucks you over. It's just how it Cause goes. Cause now it's like convinced people yes. like me to put DJ more back, even though actually yes. you shouldn't fall for the siren song of right. last week. Correct. Well, what's nice is like, are the, the Panthers are unlikely to bench Sam Darnold because who are they going to bench him for? They've already seen the other two. No, I think PJ, PJ Walker else. or Phil, you, Phil Walker. He's hurt anyway. No, you guys are on different pages here. Craig is saying that DK is afraid of Darnold getting benched. DK is saying people will convince themselves that play DJ Moore now because Darnold's back, but then Darnold and Moore will both just suck this week. They're going to implode. But I thought your whole thing was that DJ Moore is good with Darnold. Here, my whole thing is DJ Moore has been good with Darnold. And that's <laughs> going to stop why. I'm afraid. Because I don't want to trust Darnold during the fucking playoffs. That's why. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Listen, back to my motto. Play players with good quarterbacks. Or Sometimes play players you don't have with that bad option, Craig. Sometimes like, you just don't have a stacked team. Like DJ Moore sitting there staring you in the face. I'd rather start Gabe Dave than DJ Moore because I have Josh Allen throwing the fucking football. Sure. I actually agree. I agree with that. We talk of both sides of our mouth on this sometimes because on one hand, I actually kind of believe the thing where the bad quarterback just kind of targets their first receiver. I do. Yeah, that, that's fair. But you're not factoring in like the occurrences where the Panthers put up three points in a game and can't get the ball past midfield despite him peppering DJ Moore. Like that happens on teams like that. Well, we're talking, about, we're talking about all season about the players where getting the ball, it feels like a miracle happened. Like Terry McLaurin with Wentz, it was like, it was miraculous. <laughs> yeah. Darnold actually just is like, Fuck it, DJ, you're my guy. And He's down there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like a miracle. When you watch Darnold throw to Moore, you're like, oh, yeah, this is the only thing he does. Cool. Darnold made some fucking sick throws in this game. Dude, <laughs> he had a touchdown to DJ Moore that was a thread. Yeah, I'm like trying going really the hard theme not of the, to like overreact to this. All the backup quarterbacks were like the guys that you saw again from Thanksgiving from high school. <laughs> I have to say, Darnold's the person who you're like, wow, I don't remember that they were that high. Darnold is going to get traded. For, someone's going to trade for Darnold again. <laughs> Darnold, you're like, damn, she was cuter than I remember. <laughs> Speaking of which, how old is Sam Darnold? Darnold is 25. Like, he's like younger than fucking Kenny Pickett, probably. I was literally about to say that. What <laughs> no, is the Pickett's 24, age? I think. I know, but that's the point. Kenny Pickett is one year younger than Sam Darnold. Like, what, yeah. why are we done with Sam Darnold? Well, because we've seen Sam well, Darnold because play of a 50 very games. long, yeah, okay, I know, a very long saying, track record of being. I know, shitty. but I'm just saying. When I say year, literally almost to the day, Kenny Pickett, June six ninety eight. Sam Darnold was born June fifth ninety seven. Hmm. And I'm just saying, perhaps Sam Darnold was not in the best hands under like the Adam Gase regime. And I don't know. We'll see. This is yeah. This this happens to like the Adam Gase Matt rule. <laughs> I, I kind of like would be down. Someone should, He's going to get someone else fired. Darnold. Just wait. The Texans should give Darnold a shot. What else do they have to lose? All right, next <laughs> one here. Sorry, Tom, Tom, I apologize. Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Craig, you had this. Yeah. He's essentially been turned into Robert Woods in this offense. He has the lowest yards per catch of his career. He essentially just catches balls in the corner of the field and falls down now. He, uh, he yeah, he's like has, a soccer player. Yeah. He has no touchdowns on the season. He has the most <laughs> targets uh, in the league for somebody not having a touchdown. 14th most targets in the league. His yards after the catch are astoundingly low. He is 
14th in the league in targets. He has the 14th most targets in the league by any wide receiver. He is 121st in yards after the catch per game. He averages <laughs> nine yards after a catch per game. He's like, he's he's in the Lockett tier of just falling down after you get the if Yeah, but Lockett pass. catches the ball 25 yards down the field and then falls down. <laughs> That's true. Deontay Johnson catches it seven yards, a little seven yard out, and then he collapses. He's, <laughs> he, he is literally worse than Mac Hollins this year on a per game basis. Still not picking up. Still won't pick up Matt Collins. I liked, I liked Deontay as a buy low at the trade deadline because I just, again, I feel like the people who have Deontay Johnson are sick of him and ready to give him away for nothing. But the fact that he still doesn't have a touchdown, he's probably going to set the record this year if he doesn't score. He did drop a touchdown against the Colts. That's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> he scored I, I, like four almost touchdowns this year. Can you imagine? Again, it's one of those, you've been playing Deontay for a lot of the year, you bench him, and then he scores his touchdown. I mean, he still leads the team in targets per game, but it's, yeah, it's much league, basically almost well, it's much more evenly distributed, though, I will say. But Trubisky targeted him a lot more. Now it's basically like the the three-headed trio of Pickens and and Deontay and Fryermuth. They're all kind of seeing the same amount of looks. And like we like I've been saying, the Steelers schedule has gotten easier. They've won two of three. The next four games are not scary. I, I think Deontay, I guess, is still a flex play, but I don't know. Like if it's him or Gabe Dave, let's say, Gabe Dave has the 30-point ceiling. That's a possibility. Deontay doesn't have that. They're exactly opposite players. Yes. Gabe Davis defies the bell curve. Deontay Johnson's only the middle. I will say, that, sorry, Tom, Tom. So Deontay on the season, 10th in targets, in all players. Yards per target, he was 129th. Do you know who he's tied with in yards per target? Five and a half. Ben Skoranek. Oh. Yeah, sure. For the Rams. <laughs> Ben Skaronic and Deontay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, last one here. I want to do a little bonus. Adam Thielen for the Vikings. I thought this was a good one, Craig. Just frustrating. Yeah. I mean, Adam Thielen, his whole thing, his whole bit has been touchdowns. Like his whole career. <laughs> his career's a bit. Do your thing. Dance, <laughs> monkey. He has three touchdowns this year. Adam Thielen hasn't had a thousand yards since 2018. He has not been a yards guy for a long time. And his whole thing has been getting touchdowns. He's averaged 10 touchdowns a year. He's got three this year. And he's kind of just like a Donovan Peoples-Jones now. He's just like the number two that you hope gets lucky. And they double up on the number one. And, and Adam Thielen has a good day. But what he used to give you is no longer there. And I think people still think he has that. And, and the Vikings are 9-2. and two, But as we've known and as we've talked about, they're fraudulent. They have a really easy schedule <laughs> for the next known. four games. But Adam Thielen... <laughs> He gives me no confidence anymore. I think that they're playing the Jets this week, which is tough, and then the Lions the first week of the fantasy playoffs. So if you have Lions and Colts, it, so it's like not you know it's not bad. But I, I don't know what you have to feel good about with Adam Thielen. He's a 32 year old player who can't move and can't catch touchdowns anymore. What happened to Craig two weeks ago? He's like I don't want to know anyone's age. Well, no age only for superstars. Like Randy Moss was 30 when he had the 23 touchdown season. That blew my mind. I would have said he was 27. If you're not, if you're not that good and you're and you're like not that athletically impressive, 32 years old is pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big difference between when Justin Jefferson is 32 versus Adam Thielen at 32. Correct. No, oh, yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah, I agree with that. See, that's yeah. why Craig was on the number one podcast of the year. That was not this. <laughs> that's why. Travis Kelsey, though, I don't know. He's going to be 34 next year. We'll see. Getting up there. We're, we're getting, we should actually get tattoos that say draft Travis Kelsey. Yeah, we should. <laughs> All right. That's Power Hour. Uh, Want to get to a couple emails, uh, starting with the most important topic of all, which is hope. Oh. Mm. Uh, we got an email from Alan who said, longtime listener, first time emailer. While DK was bitching on the Sunday show about the Seahawks <laughs> being good and getting a top five pick because of Russell Wilson's demise. And mm. Craig said, while DK's complaining that there's somewhere there's a Lions fan on a walk right now cursing DK out. I am that <laughs> Lions fan. It must be nice to have such ailments of a playoff run while also getting a top pick DK. When your team goes well, you put 0 that 16, way. I'll listen. He That's said, P.S. DK is completely right about hope. It's the most infuriating thing in the NFL. <laughs> What's funny about all of this is you could make the case that the Seahawks are having the most satisfying year of any team in the NFL this year. Easily. I thought about pissed. it a lot after I went down. I, I feel that I was reacting in the moment to them losing a frustrating game to the Raiders, a walk-off 86-yard run in overtime. I'm going to walk it back a little bit. I'm going to check my privilege. 
I probably shouldn't have been bitching in that exact moment. Hope is not the worst of things. Well, you're right. That. Correct. Teams having the best year. Eagles, because the Eagles are doing the same. They have one, they're going to get the one seed in the NFC, and they have the Saints draft pick, which is insane. Uh, Chiefs, just because they're doing well. But then, like honestly, if the Seahawks make the playoffs and get the top five pick. The, C- the Seahawks are having a good year. I rescind what I said earlier. We had another Lions fan follow-up. Opposite thoughts, same sentiment. Bernie says, DK is right about hope. I'm a Lions fan. It's awesome. I never expect anything (laughs) from them. The losses don't bother me because it's normal. Lack of hope allows me to be free of the ridiculousness that fandom requires and think about them rationally. It's Peter LaFleur. It feels phenomenal. It's literally the beginning of dodgeball. If you have a goal, you might not reach it. But if you don't have one, then you're never disappointed. And I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) Lower your standards, folks. I think that's proof that I'm getting older is that that just rings more true to me. Starting to, yeah, starting to make sense. Starting to connect. <laughs> when I'm younger, I'm like, oh, the what older an awful you, attitude. You know, there's like the expression, the older you get, the, the more you become a Republican. I don't know what the actual expression is. What is it? Like the more conservative you get or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. The more, the less goal oriented you get as you get older. Oh, I mean, listen, when I was 20 years old, I was like, I'm going to be the next <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. And now I'm like, man, I just want to be able to make money and, Going on after work. <laughs> I just want to have my health. Craig's yeah. like, I wanted the number one movie in America. Now he's like, yeah, sure. Number one pod. Yeah, that's fine. Number one pod. That's fine. I got to tell you, it feels phenomenal. <laughs> uh, we talked a lot about Cloyce this week. Name's name Cloyce. <laughs> Did anybody know Cloyce? Cloyce Box. Uh, so we for got those of you who didn't listen, Cloyce Box uh, was one of the only players in NFL history to accumulate over 300 yards of total offense. And he, uh, has the best name of all time. His name is Cloyce Box, <laughs> twin brother named Boyce, Boyce Box. Box. Boyce. Cloyce and Boyce. It's a Boyce. Cloyce was born in 1923. His photo on Wikipedia is a drawing. <laughs> Painting? They, they didn't have photography back then, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's my favorite part of all of this. <laughs> it's a drawing. There's no photo of him. <laughs> so we got an email from Tim. Tim. Tim said, I was hoping you were going to say, we got, so we got an email from Cloyce. No, we got an email from Cloyce, <laughs> I wish. Well, we just asked, can anyone email us if you know a Cloyce? He said, there's there's no, older... There are no Cloyces in the world who use emails. Well, because... he said, there's an older gentleman <laughs> named too Cloyce old. who posts historical facts about my hometown on a Facebook group I joined many years ago. I've never <laughs> met him, but this is exactly what I imagine a man named Cloyce to be doing with his free time. <laughs> Also, I have twins, and I am pissed I did not name my twins Boyce and Cloyce. Seriously. Missed opportunity. Maybe that just still is Cloyce posting those facts on Facebook. Is he still alive? <laughs> Could be. Does Cloyce have children? I didn't look that up. Did, is, is there a Cloyce Jr.? Cloyce was virile. Of course he has children. You love that word. Dude, I found out his wife's name is Fern. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Wait, Cloyce and Fern Box? Her name is Fern Box. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, dear God. He has four children, Don, Gary, Thomas, and Doug. So he has Don Normal Box, names. Don, Don Box, Tom Box, Doug Box, and Gary Box. <laughs> what? Oh, which one's is the best there? Doug Box. Box. I like... Don Bach. <laughs> Craig, I just did like a goose honk laugh. <laughs> That's like when you know it's bad. Oh, Don Box, private investigator. <laughs> Gary Box. Oh, God. Holy shit. It sounds like seriously a Fern. name from Arrested Development. Like it Fern does. Box. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, Attorney what is her name? Ann, Ann Veal? Like, the, the backup <laughs> name was Fern Box for Ann Veal. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 we can't do that. That's too out there. <laughs> oh, my God. Please email us if you, uh, if you know anyone Cloyce. We should get someone named Cloyce on the pod. There are no Cloyces left. Maybe we can get Don Box on the pod. Oh my God. I don't know if Don Box is alive. Oh, <laughs> that would be a problem. I mean, Cloyce was born in 23. <laughs> he probably had Don in the 40s. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Ooh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet, toes, come on. (sighs) Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Among the, we did a bunch of trivia on Monday, and I, man, we got a question about the government cheese stockpile. <laughs> and this was such a, a wormhole. Uh, basically, it's like the government keeps a bunch of cheese, and we, we couldn't figure out why. And we had to guess <laughs> the government hoards cheese. cheese in case of <laughs> famine cheese. or something? What are we doing? I don't know. So we were like, oh, we'll just Google how much cheese. Meanwhile, this is so complicated the government keeping the cheese. So I, I try to look into this, and thank you to people for um, tweeting and emailing me. So basically, I'll just try to read. This is from Modern Farmer. Uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> so it all starts with milk. The price of milk. <laughs> wow, we're, yeah. we're going back to the beginning, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. The price of milk has always been volatile, jumping up and down based on limited supply and fluctuating demand. It doesn't help that milk production rises in the spring calving season, but demand for milk is generally at its highest in the fall when the school year begins. To help, the government look for ways to step in and calm the market. But milk is a short shelf life, couldn't do much with the actual liquid product, so the government turned to cheese. And in 1949, the USDA introduced the Dairy Product Price Support Program, later known as the Milk Milk Price Support Program. And when the price of dairy products sunk too low for farmers, the USDA would offer to buy up the excess dairy. Long story short, they're like, we'll just buy it. But when the government sets a price ceiling for dairy, dairy, they also set like a price uh, price floor. There's a ceiling, blah, blah, blah. The government was like, we're sick of buying all this milk. But <laughs> they never stopped, really. They sent a bill in 2014 to like change the process. But basically, they keep buying the cheese. They still do this. It's been like when 70 you problem, years. I, I, that's still a problem? The issue of, of price fluctuation with, with cheese in the spring and the fall? So I, I kept reading every this article. I'm not going to lie. I've read we so know, much DK. on this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did he say? He's like, I eat cheese every day. Okay. We know. <laughs> well aware. Yeah, yeah Craig, Craig, we, Craig and I are the problem because we're not eating cheese quesadillas every day. Yeah, that's right. DK. DK, do you work for the government? You might. <laughs> this just makes me think like, there are so many fucking problems in the world. Just think about the amount of problems. I that can't believe the government with. stepped in because of a cheese pricing issue. It's just a million fucking things to figure out in this world. The prices of cheese getting out of control. God, dude, it's just overwhelming. This incredible book by Michael Lewis called The Fifth Risk, which is just about all the problems the government solves. (laughs) What is the cheese? Was there a cheese chapter? I wish there was a cheese chapter, but there was this crazy thing. He's like, when we built the atomic bombs on the West Coast and they just dumped all the nuclear sludge into these giant like containers and they just yeah. buried them underground and they used the wrong kind of steel. So they're all leaking this nuclear sludge and it's created like this giant underground nuclear sludge g- glacier. That's like heading to like the Columbia river, which is a water table for 3 million people. People's job is just to like, you know, stop the glacier. Yeah. Really cool. And then another guy's job is to figure out how to, how to buy cheese. <laughs> at an affordable oh, oh, I forgot. To, I forgot the craziest <laughs> part. They keep them in caves in Springfield, Missouri. The huh. cheese is in a caves. Yeah, because it's cold. Yeah. And, and whatnot. <laughs> Astute. <laughs> it's like uh, the cheese cellar, you know? Anyway. Um, so is it still, but so they still buy the cheese every spring? Uh, dude, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm embarrassed at how much I've read about this and I still don't get it. I really tried. To like understand this, I get the concept of them stepping in. I don't understand how it's still a thing, or yeah. I, it's made. It's really enlightened me on how little I understand about the economy. And the issues, the issues with cheese. Is this just not something I want to carry on my shoulders? I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is like, how do people sleep? You know, there's just too many things in the world to worry about. The cheese, yeah, homelessness, yeah, like fucking oh, nuclear glacier I, heading towards the Columbia River. By the way, I live near the Columbia River, so that's great. Yeah. Thanks for that. I also can't stress enough how difficult it's been for me to figure out who owns this cheese. 
because there's a one and a half billion pounds of it. 300 million of it belongs to the USDA, but it's like, are they holding it? Is it basically I, like, you're like, oh, mom, that's not my weed. I'm holding it for a friend, but it's like they're holding it for like craft. Is this why you push the, the podcast back an hour? Because you what were researching kind of cheese? cheese. Is it, do we think? What's the most abundant type of cheese? American. Cheddar? American. American. By definition, it's American cheese. But um, oh, well, it's, that's probably cheddar. Cheddar. it's probably cheddar. It's probably cheddar. Because American cheese like isn't even cheese. Right. Well, American cheese is like are not plastic. Or not cheese. <laughs> Great. Or legal. It's a good note. If you buy something that isn't called what it is, it's probably just legally not allowed to call it that thing. Just a good rule of thumb. Right. Anyway. I never, I have to say, I never knew that. Craft singles. They're not legally allowed to call it cheese. Oh, can I blow your mind again? <laughs> well, the label says pasteurized prepared cheese product. Yeah, it's a cheese product. Can't call Good it cheese. Euphemism. It's not cheese. It's kind of like, like when that's like when Subway had that issue where the sugar content in the bread was so high that they couldn't actually call it bread. It was a fucking <laughs> in Ireland. Uh, it was cake. <laughs> yeah. um, I oh also can God. I give you? Can I blow your mind? Do you uh, do you guys use Dove soap like the bar? I mean, I have. You have in, in my well, life. Sure. The next time you're at a CVS or a supermarket, or whatever, and you see them, see if you can find the word soap on okay. the Dove box of soap. Of the what's bar the in, what's the key ingredient in soap? Yeah, how I don't do know, they... but it's a beauty bar. But like, I don't think they can. I, I don't think it's legally not even soap. It's not from the region in France. Soap. Well, I don't I, think it's I, like. How champagne. are they cutting corners? I don't, like. What are they doing? I don't know. There's, I think there's like a legal threshold. All I know is that like the word soap is not on that soap bar. It, they call it a beauty bar. That makes me not want to use Dove now. I'm just saying. I don't <laughs> even know if it's soap, technically. Okay. In, in like 10 years, I'm going to be like living in a cabin on a mountain making my own toothpaste. You, uh, I, I don't trust anything these days. <laughs> me and Shailene Woodley are going <laughs> to be making our I'm own saying, soap man. and our toothpaste. Okay. Speaking of um, <laughs> not trusting, I have a low stakes conspiracy theory for you guys. Okay. There's no way a football field 100 yards is the same as a golf 100 yards or like a soccer game. Like I was watching the soccer game and I see the goalie kick. The, I'm like, there's no way that's 130 yards. You know, what's funny about that is I, 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 yesterday or today or whatever, I was watching the soccer game and I was like, man, the soccer field seems so much bigger than a football Huge. field. A football field is 100 yards long. A soccer field is only 136 yards long. But no, the end zones are 120. So if it's because each end zone is 10 yards. So the full football field is 120. It's very similar to the right. soccer field. Which feels But isn't the soccer field way wider? Is it way wider? It is. Yes, it is much it's 92, wider. It's 92 yards wide, which is essentially a football field in width. And perhaps that distorts your view of it. But I, I can't believe that they're only, not, like you said, if it's what, 16 yards apart in length, that feels impossible. But I guess, but you ever, like, you know, when you're like on at field level on a football field, you're like, oh, I could just hit a pitching wedge end zone to end zone. Like, it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think the lines on the field do a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting. The lines makes you think it's longer than it is. It's like the. the I'm not pleats. crazy though. You know what I mean, right? Like yeah. the next time you're playing golf and you have a 100 yard shot, you're like, oh yeah, that's a football field. No way, doesn't feel that way at all. Yeah, like when you think of a, a 100 yard par three, that feels like a chip, not an 100 yard kick return by Cordell Patterson. You're like. I <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it makes it less impressive. Anyway, thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Are we happy about the cheese storage or not? Thank you to cheese I, It's storage. nice to know it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Reassuring. Thank you to the yeah. nameless, faceless government workers protecting America. We'll never cheese. want for cheese. I guess that's nice to know. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Uh, thank you, Rancid. Was that cheese joke? No, it's a it's a band. I, I was hoping Ruby you could Soho? figure out a, a cheese pun. Cheese pun. Sorry, I, well, cheese was, band? You're talking about rancid cheese, right? Was that yeah, not I mean, why you did that? Somewhat related, yeah. Can you but imagine just like walking around Springfield, Missouri and going to the caves and just finding like a billion pounds of cheese? <laughs> I'm, what's up with this rancid band, DK? Ruby Soho, check out the... I mean, I'm sure you've heard it. I'm Berkeley. not gonna lie. We're at the point where every single time DK lists a band that we've never heard of, DK then says the title of the song, like we are supposed to know it. But then, in you the, will if you Google it and listen to it, I'm like 85 percent sure you've heard that song before. Yeah. So just tell us like the lyrics because when we ask you name songs, you're like I can't uh, name songs. No. I just know what they sound Ruby, like. Ruby, 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 so ho. Yeah. Keep doing that. And I'm listening now. I don't think I know this. Go to the go to the chorus. 
I don't. Man. The alternative rock late 90s world is something I, I don't know a lot about. Like one, of my one of my buddies, uh, I was talking to my friend yeah. the other day, he's about your guys' age, and he hadn't heard of Beastie Boys. I was like, fuck, that was like a mind fuck. Is he living in the cheese cave? What's that guy doing? I feel like that's pretty surprising. <laughs> he's never heard of the Beastie Boys? Yeah. Or maybe Craig, he had just never heard their, it, so their music. I can't remember, but still. Craig, no. when we're DK's age, what's the thing that someone would tell you they've never heard of that would hurt you most? GameCube? <laughs> that? <laughs> GameCube? What's that? I'm like, Craig, I hate to tell you this. Cube is? I barely like know what GameCube is. What are you talking about? You don't know what a GameCube is? <laughs> what? Re revolutionized the gaming world. Wait, that was a joke, right, DK? Yeah, I had a okay. GameCube. The best but... Super Smash Brothers. I don't know. That was just what came to mind. <laughs> I had a. I, I remember being a senior in high school on the bus, and like the, the my bus home had um like sixth graders too. It was like six through twelve, and the sixth graders they were, had never heard of Bugs Bunny. Looney Tunes. Oh my god! And I was the first time in my life I was like, "What the? These fuck? are Russian spies, a hundred percent. They've never heard of Bugs <laughs> no, Bunny. They were just bored in like 2002. You know what'll really bother me? High fits is if I'm like 52 and uh, some 20 year old has no idea what SpongeBob is. <laughs> oh my god! It all yeah, comes back to it comes back one. to SpongeBob every fucking time. That's gonna that bother is, me. Yeah, that that's gonna bother me. All right. Well, that's all we got. All right. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.